this message inspires and encourages you. For more information, please contact Nexus Church. Awesome. All right. So yeah, as I said, I've been reflecting on the, on the narratives, the Christmas narratives, the birth narratives of Jesus. And there's one that always stands out to me, a verse in Luke 2. And this verse in Luke 2 is when the angel comes to the shepherds. Shepherds in that time were considered less or just above the status of a criminal. And yet an angel, God's key message came to them. I love the picture that that is. But anyway, we'll move on. The angel comes to the shepherd and he says, Fear not, for behold, I have good news of great joy for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour. He is Christ the Lord. I just couldn't this week get out of my heart and out of my attention these five words. Good news of great joy. Good news of great joy. And so today, I don't normally have a title for my sermons, but today I have a title. And that title is simply this, Defiant Joy. Defiant Joy. You know, reflecting on the year that's been. We've probably all done it. We're reflecting on the year that's been and the challenges and the trials. We've reflected on the things that have come our way. We reflect when we reflect on our families and where they're at, our marriages and where they're at. When we reflect on the things that have gone on in our life and work and all of that, how many know that as humans we need good news of great joy? But not just any joy. It's a joy, Christian joy, is a joy that is completely unique in its substance, its quality, and, and its source. It's something that is completely separate to all else that we would know when we look at the world around us. It is unique, this Christian joy. C.S. Lewis, he said in, um, in reflection of his journey to Christ that one of the signposts one of the signposts for him in his journey to faith in Christ as an adult was the observance of this joy that people who followed Christ had. It was something unique. It's not happiness. It's not personality-based. It's not type-based. It's not about you know, conjuring it up or, or being all up and upbeat. It's not about that. It's actually something that has nothing to do with the external. That's happiness, the things that happen to us but rather it's something from God that wells up deep inside, deep inside us, that gives a buoyancy that we can't always explain. And when we look at this joy, I couldn't go past Peter in 1 Peter 1, when he is encouraging what Christians who are exiles, Christians as we've been through the book of Acts recently who have been scattered and he's writing to encourage them in this joy. And so we're going to launch off from 1 Peter 1 verse 3 and explore this together, this defiant joy. And as we do, I actually have had in my heart as I've been praying that God wants to flick a switch in some of our hearts. He wants to start to develop and, and spark a joy that hasn't been there before, that we haven't realized. And so I want to encourage you again to lean in as we read this, not just here with your mind and ears, but here with your heart. So here we go. Verse 3. Praise be to God, to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. 
This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all of this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your proven genuine, the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Get this, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Man, I love that scripture. You know, as I said, we're coming to Christmas. We all know Christmas is coming. And I love Christmas. I love Christmas even more so after I married my wife who really helped me love Christmas in a greater way, if I put it that way. It's genuine, but she has helped that genuine love for Christmas come. And essentially, there's lights on our house, there's beautiful um, uh, decorations all throughout the house, and I do genuinely love it. And we all know that there's two things that are synonymous with Christmas. One is Christmas presents, the other is the Christmas meal, be it lunch or dinner. Christmas presents, remember back to when you were a kid. Remember back to when you, and maybe as an adult, it's still there, and I sort of have it sometimes, but remember when you're thinking about that present. You see the present, maybe if your parents are on top of things, under the tree a couple weeks out, and you know it's there. You know it's coming. It's a secure thing there. It is yours. You don't know what it is, and there's this waiting, there's this suspense, and you're trying to work it out, but there's, in the midst of the waiting, there's an expectant joy for what you hope for. Yes, it's joyful to get the present, but actually there's a joy in the waiting. You know, you think of the Christmas meal. Ah, oh, the Christmas meal. What are you looking forward to today or this week for the Christmas meal? Is it prawns? Ham, yes. Hot meats, cold meats, someone in the first... Pastor James said in the first service he's looking forward to a salad. <laughs> really? I think he was been there, but anyway, looking for a salad. Who says that? I'm looking forward to the Christmas lunch. I'm looking forward to a salad. Anyway, you know the feeling. You're looking forward to this meal, and you are going to enjoy it. But actually, there's this period of waiting. There's this period of preparation. There's this period where you might enter the house. You might even forgo breakfast and cause yourself some pain because there's this joy at the same time of what you're expecting to come. Do you know what I'm talking about? You're cooking it. You're smelling it. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. There's this joy in the waiting as much as there is this joy in what we hope for when the meal serves and that pleasure of that experience. Pastor Nathan talked about this last week and what we see in 1 Peter is that Christian joy is inextricably linked to Christian hope. Put it another way, living hope is the soil in which inexpressible joy grows. They're not separated. Living hope is the soil in which inexpressible joy grows. This is not a wishful hope as we heard last week. This is a hope that is firm and it's secure and it is confident in all that Christ has done, is doing and will do. It's a, it's a hope that is an anchor for our souls that produces by the Holy Spirit an inexpressible and glorious joy in our lives. 
Living hope is the soil in which inexpressible joy grows. It's, it's like we said, it's not the absence of suffering. It's, it's not circumstantial. It's not the, the fulfillment of perfection or the, action, the outcomes of our actions. It's not external. It's not dictated to by the external around us, but rather is connected to the future in front of us, a living hope. And that means that although life's pains and troubles come, joy is not excluded or removed by the presence of them. That although trials and troubles come, joy is not removed or excluded by those troubles and those trials, but rather it joy strengthens us in the midst of them. We know the scripture in Nehemiah 8, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And how many know, and this is understatement of the year, I'm sure. How many know that often life doesn't go to plan? Understatement of the year, I know. We look at the year gone by. Life doesn't go to plan. Life chucks us hurts. Life chucks us pains. Life chucks us curveballs. There's sorrow. There's trials. There's unfulfilled dreams and desires. There's struggling relationships we never thought we would have. There's unexpected pains and twists and turns. Some because of our own fault. Often other reasons. Yet Peter reminds us that although we face challenges, that although we face trials and challenges now, and he uses that word now, that although we don't see Jesus with our physical eyes, we do with our hearts, but with our physical eyes now, he says, right now, you still have access to an inexpressible and glorious joy because of the good news of, because of, the good news of Jesus and what is made available to us. One does not exclude the other. They live together, this joy. And that tells me this, in all that comes our way, and this is a challenge to me, in all that comes our way, that means we always have the choice to choose joy in front of us. That strengthens us. And here's the thing, that all sounds nice and dandy, that sounds good, but if you're like me, you start to think, yeah, that's cool. But there's this challenge, there's this wrestle, because when we think of joy, it so easily remains abstract. It so easily remains something that is out there, not really tangible. And when it sticks, stays as an abstract thing, it's easy to get into statements of platitude. Hey, hey brother, yeah, that's tough, but you know, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Have you done that? I've done that. I'll put my hand up. You know, you go, yeah, that must be tough, but, you know, joy despite our circumstances. Platitudes. But the thing with that is it doesn't tell us what does this all really mean and what is, what is this in reality, this Christian joy we're talking about, this defiant joy. When it's a platitude, it's so easy to miss the depth of what we're calling here Christian defiant joy that comes from God. And so often when it's a platitude, it actually comes across and is simply denial. You just smother it over, cover it over. It's, it, it's denial, but defiant joy is not denial. Defiant joy is not smothering it over with some platitudes and some statements. You know, I've mentioned it before, Liz and I, we love the beach uh, and we'll get into watching, you know, if we've got a spare 25, 30 minutes, we'll, we'll get into watching um, one of the life-saving shows, maybe Bondi Rescue. 
And what you often see, they're very unpredictable shows, you know, it's actually they're very predictable, you know, someone gets caught in a rip, someone goes out, they get saved, come back in, then someone gets caught in a rip, go out, they save. But for some reason, we just like it. And here's the thing, when someone gets caught in a rip, so often there's two things going on, because often they're not putting their hand up for help. And there's two reasons for that, often. One is simply they don't realize they're in trouble, and that's a form of denial. Or second thing is they know they're in trouble, but they think they can get themselves out of it when they really can't, another form of denial. And so can I propose out of that illustration that it's only the person who truly faces reality on the macro level, that they are in need of a saviour, that they themselves are not sufficient to save themselves, that things or other people are are not able to carry the weight of being their true saviour, their source of hope, their source of joy. That's only when we own as individuals our need for a saviour like Jesus and put our hand up as it were, that the pathway for genuine joy starts to open up to our lives. So often when pain comes, we can do a number of, of things. We can distract ourselves. I've done that. We can ignore it and hope it goes away, and I've done that. We, we can look at the grass that is gr- apparently greener around us and run away from the trouble, hoping over there it will be better. But the reality is everything in this world is temporary and fades and fickle, and we discover that eventually. We run from it or we try to numb it. There's so many ways we try to deal with this, and all of those are actually forms of denial. But actually, Christian joy says, be present with what you're facing. It says, be aware of what you're facing. It says, own the state and the story. Honor and own your state and your story and let it rise to the surface and bring Jesus into it. Defiant joy is not denial. It's being present with what we face and allowing that to come to the surface, though hard, though it takes time, and bringing Jesus into it. And when we do that, it starts to create this stream of inexpressible, glorious joy from God to our lives. You know, I think of Jesus last week, his death and his resurrection, uh, his death and his journey to the cross, and his, his what he experienced on the cross, and and we see throughout all the narratives of that that Jesus was not void from pain. He experienced the pain of that cross. He said, "Take this cup away from me." He was anguished over it. He sweat tears of blood. He sweat blood. Sorry, he, in the anguish of it, he he felt those. Um, the, the crown of thorns go on his head. He experienced it in all his humanity. He even rejected the numbing agents that were presented to him on a stick because he wanted to be present, knowing, allowing it to do its full work in his life. Christian Joy says, be present. But what we see in Jesus is that at the same time, we read in Hebrews 12 too, that because of the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. Because of the joy before him, he endured the cross. It doesn't mean then that he was happy about this joy. It doesn't mean he was happy about going to the cross. It doesn't mean he enjoyed it. That some reason he was celebrating it. But there was a joy, a defiant joy that somehow he connected to. It says he endured. That's not an easy word. That's not a, that's not a light word. It says that he endured because he was connected to a deep, what I'm calling defiant joy of God. Why defiant? Why am I using that word? You know, defiant, when we think about Hebrews 12, and you look at, he scorned the shame of the cross, he endured. There's this sense of defiance in it. 
You know, when we look at Peter and 1 Peter and what he's sharing and encouraging us in that, that joy is not separated from challenge, that challenge and joy, that they, they, they can operate in the same place. Joy is present in the face of challenges. When we, we think about that, we start to get a sense of this defiant joy. It's a defiant joy that stares reality in the face and says, man, this is hard. Yeah, this is painful. But even so, I know that death doesn't have the final say. God has the final say and resurrection is coming. Defiant joy stares those realities in the face and says, yeah, it's difficult, but I trust and know even so that my Father in heaven will work all things together for good. That with all of that means I can even so have joy in the midst of this challenge. There's an even so in the spirit that comes with this defiant joy. You know, Stacey Eldridge puts it this way from a book I was looking at this week, and I loved it. She said, In the midst of sorrow, loss, unexplained circumstances, of unrealized desires and loneliness, where is joy? It is defiant. It is in the stance that says, Death has not won. It is in the heart that refuses to accuse God for sorrow, but seeks for Him there. It's in the heart and the determination to interpret what we are experiencing, both goodness and grief, through the light of heaven and eternity. It defined joy, trust. It is expectant of good. And in my own words, defined joy, yes, laments and sheds tears. And yet it carries in it a spirit of an even so. I will celebrate and I have a reason for joy because I know God has the final say. It doesn't mean circumstances will change straight away or even at all. But what it does is it changes in here. And if we've lived long enough, we know we live from the inside out. What's going on here determines how we walk through what is happening out here. And when we connect to this even so, even so, present with our reality, but even so, not at least, but even so, it changes and connects and opens the path for this inexpressible and glorious joy connected to living hope. I love the story of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. They're one of my favorite stories from the Gospels. I absolutely love that whole John 11. You know, Mary, if you don't know, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus are, are brothers and sisters. They um, are friends of Jesus. They've walked with Jesus to some extent. And what happens here is that Lazarus becomes gravely ill. And so Mary and Martha send for Jesus, who's in Jerusalem, and they're in a separate town, and says, can you come? And Jesus eventually gets there, but by, the time, by that time, Lazarus has died at least a day ago. He's passed away, and he's dead. And Martha, when she hears that Jesus is drawing close, she runs out to him and says, if you were here, Jesus, he would have lived. Martha had a faith that Jesus could have healed Lazarus. And yet, like many of us, on this journey that we're learning of who God is and what he does. So like many of us, so often we see pain, she saw pain, hurt, loss and death as final, as having the final say. Yet Jesus says to Martha, hey, I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe? And Martha says, yes, I believe. And in essence, what he was saying is, yes, Lazarus is dead. But even so, you have a reason for joy because I am the resurrection of life. Because death does not have the final say. God has the final say. 
Now, it's this thing about Christian joy, defiant joy. It says, in the face of all that would seek to drag and kill our soul, kill and drag our soul down, it says, ha, even so, I have a reason to celebrate a living hope that is unshakable. It says, I have many reasons to grieve, but I have more reasons to worship. It says that there is death, yes, but there, after death there is life. There is winter, yes, but after winter there is spring. It says there is the cross, yes, and crucifixion, but after that there is resurrection. Defiant joy. Yeah, can I just press a little bit on this and ask us, as I've been asking myself this week, are there things in our lives, areas of our lives, that we live or feel or believe are final? That they have the final say. When we think of our families and situations there, when we think of our marriages, when we think of our workplaces, when we think of just generally life, do we feel stuck and go, well, this is the final say, this is the final? I know there's areas I've been challenged in my life and go, oh, yeah, I, I sort of am living and feeling like that has the final say. And I've been challenged. been challenged with the even so and can I encourage us that seasons will come and they'll move through and they'll finish it's not final and can I encourage us to actually pick up this defiant joy to actually choose to pick up this defiant joy this Christian joy that is good news of great joy what does that mean if I put a bit more color to the picture it means choosing the unyielding belief that sorrow and loss and pain do not have the final say. It means choosing with determination to see God in the midst of our doubts and our confusions. To interpret your present in the light of heaven and eternity. And it means a determination to connect our hearts with the greater even so of God. Will you choose that defiant joy? I'm going to invite the band back. You know, this is more, it's really important we get this. This is more than positive thinking, yeah? It's more than positive thinking. You know, we say often, and we have this year, say, it's not by default that we come through challenges and struggles um, stronger. It doesn't happen by default. And people have experienced that this year. Lives that have, have fallen in different ways apart, overwhelmed. And yet, I've talked to people. I've talked to people and said, how's your year been? And they've said, oh, it's been a wretched year, but somehow I have a buoyancy. Somehow I've come through and I'm doing okay. What is that? That's the different substance of this living hope that produces inexpressible joy. It's a buoyancy. It's, it's not, again, like anything else. It's, it's not happiness. It's a joy that is defiant to those things. It experience, we feel the present, but it's something about it that connects us to an even so in God that creates this, this spring of inexpressible joy that comes from deep within. The reality is it's either true or it's not. It's either legit what Peter is saying or it's not. C.S. Lewis titled one of his books, Surprised by Joy, and sometimes it is simply it catches us by surprise. Man, where'd this buoyancy come from? It's because you've continued to walk in faith. You've continued to carry the even-sos of your spirit. Even so, God has the final say. Yes, this is hard in my, my family, but even so, God has the final say in the light of heaven and eternity.
It's a spring in the desert. It's something that when we hook our lives on, it carries us through the toughest of times. It's inexpressible because we can't put all words to it. You know, for Liz and I, over this year, like many, there's been challenges, there's been um, unexpected twists and turns that have been difficult. And we've felt the tears of, while being present. We've experienced the tears while being present with our reality. We've been tempted to and, and felt the pull of doubting and grumbling about our situation. We've been tempted to try and handle the situations in our own strength, which never fully gets there. But when we've chosen to pick up defiant joy, to have an unyielding belief that despite what we're facing, God is bigger and God is greater and He has an ultimate plan and we'll work it together for good, not as a platitude, but genuinely deep connected in our heart. It changes things. When we see and choose and we've chosen to see what's happening in the light of heaven and in the big picture of, of, of eternity, it changes this spring starts to flow from deep within. And we've experienced the strength that that brings, the buoyancy that brings. Truly, the strength, of the, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And truly, it is good news of great joy for all people. 